This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken of those whom you gave me. I have lost not one. From the gospel according to St. John, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And may be seated. Well, greetings, fathers, Michael. A special greeting to those of you who are in your homes on this day, on this holy day. It's a day of obligation. And yet you're home. In fact, you're obligated to stay home. Federal, state, local authorities have insisted. The College of Bishops has agreed. All those in authority have demanded it stay at home. Shelter in place. Do not go out. Of course, it doesn't take much imagination to draw a connection between these orders and the ones that we read yesterday in the book of Exodus when Yahweh, the God of Israel, the God of the cosmos, sent a pestilence into the land, the tenth plague, the final plague, the result of which was death, the death of the firstborn. Except, of course, for those whose doorposts were covered with the blood of the Lamb, God promises that he will pass over these homes. And so the great epic of Jewish history, the primary story which shaped God's chosen people, the reason Jesus and his disciples are in Jerusalem, has within it a shelter-in-place order. Stay home. That's the reason Jesus and his disciples are there in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, that particular plague which became the seminal event in the narrative of Abraham's descendants. Notice how the act celebrated and commemorated in that choice of words. It's not actually the release. It's not the release, but it's the decisive action of God in the final plague. It's his mercy to pass over and to spare his people. Of course, the result is freedom. Let my people go, the Lord cries again and again through Moses. And at last, Pharaoh succumbs to that command. At last, he knows he's outmatched. He's overpowered. And so the Israelites do leave their homes. And you have to imagine it will be something like you and I will feel course, lesser for us, but something like we will feel that, that first time we're able to say, go out, and, and, and not just go out, but to go to those places that we miss so much, to go to the library, to go to the gym, to go to the movie theater, to sit beneath the party tree and eat a giant bagel burger with a nice cold pint of beer. Oh, how I long for that. Because being let out is is a good thing. Being let out is a wonderful thing, accompanied, I think, by an almost unimaginable lightness. But, But entering in, that's where true joy is found. Yesterday, the disciples gathered in the upper room. They shared a meal, and then they went out. And where did they go? to the garden, let the hearer understand. And they follow Jesus out, and they follow him in. That's just what they do. That's what they've been doing. They are followers. They've thrown in their lot with him. Where else would we go, Peter asked 
earlier in John's gospel. But later in this same gospel, Jesus tells him, where I am going, you cannot follow. Peter says, I'll I'll die beside you, Jesus. No, I'll go wherever you go. But Jesus repeats, where I am going, you cannot follow. Where else would we go, you might be asking, on Maundy Thursday, on Good Friday, or for that holiest day of the year? Where else would I rather be than in that building amongst those people, the people of God, repenting and rejoicing and returning yet again to the feast that shows forth our faith? But where I stand now, so many of you cannot follow, and I'm sorry for that. But do not despair. Do not lose heart because this too will pass over. But there's better news even than that. Better news even than saying that this will not always be the case. Read this again with me from John's Gospel. Starting in verse 7 of chapter 18. Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I told you, I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken of those whom you gave me. I have not lost one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, and he struck the high priest's servant, and he cut off his right ear. And so Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Can you just journey there in your mind for a moment? And behold, behold this scene. Can you, can you see it? The disciples are surrounded on all sides by these soldiers, the high priests, men. The day that they dreaded suddenly thrust upon them. Now is the time for action, if ever such a time there was. And then they hear the words of Jesus. Let these men go. They turn, I think, they look at him, do they not? Does he mean it? I have to imagine that it cut some of them, cut all of them to the heart. It's it's easy to write the disciples off to speak of how they abandon Jesus, how they scatter and run and leave him isolated and alone, and yet we read his very own words, let them go. And if you or I were there, if we were one of the twelve, I think that we would see it in Jesus' eyes and that what we would hear in his words to those guards would be words spoken to us. Let me go. Let me go, Philip. Let me go, Thomas. Let me go, Matthew, Simon, Andrew, Nathaniel. Let me go, James, Alphaeus' son, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Let me go, Matthias. Let me go, Peter. And Peter, whatever else you or I might say or think about him, however we might describe or decry his actions, does he not prepare to make a valiant last stand? Where else would we go, he asked Jesus, and he meant it. 
I will die beside you. And he meant it if dying beside you means going down swinging in this moment. He has enough energy and adrenaline to push himself into this moment of a last stand. If it means going out fighting beside this savior, this teacher and friend whom he loves, he's ready. Except he fundamentally does not understand the battle that is being waged in front of him. And so Jesus commands him to drop his weapon. Walk away, Peter. This is not your fight. Can you see him slumping? Can you watch his eyes as they carry Jesus away? Can you you behold him staring at the sword in his hand, wondering what he could have done better before dropping it into the dust? Where else would we go, he had asked. And he still doesn't know. So he follows at a distance. And then Jesus experiences his own kind of Passover. They pass Jesus over from his disciples to Annas. They pass him over then to Caiaphas. They pass him over to Pilate. John doesn't record it, but we know they pass him over to Herod before Herod at last passes him back over to Pilate. That's your problem, not mine. And at no time does Jesus seem to appear in any way to try to save himself. At no moment does this man, who's so clever, who's avoided so many traps, who in the scriptures we've seen has both verbally and physically slipped away so many times before. At no discernible moment does he appear to say anything that might be construed as opening a door or even so much as a window that he might slip through. So what is he saying? Let me go, Annas. Let me go, Caiaphas. Let me go, Pilate and Barabbas and Herod Antipas. No, 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 don't let me go home. In fact, I don't really have one of those here. And don't let me go back to the old days of the road trips across the country, preaching and healing and telling stories. Those days are gone. Let me go to the cross. Let go of me, and they do. And he walks the road we could not walk. And he bears the sin they, we could not bear. And they nail him to the hard, rough wood of the cross. And then she appears. She stands in front of him. John has brought her there. John is beside her there. They look up at him together. Woman, here is your son. And to John, here is your mother. Let me go, John. Let me go, Mary. Peter was heartbroken, so what of her? A grief, unspeakable, unthinkable pain. Her her whole soul split in two. A sword thrust into her very life. We can hardly imagine it. And yet, perhaps we can. For he speaks these words to us as well, does he not? Let me go, he says. And we don't want to. And so what do we do? We weep. We protest. We draw our swords and we shout out battle cries. But we fundamentally 
misunderstand the fight in front of us. We read the moment all wrong, all of it. Everything that we do here, everything we do in this life, if we can call it, worship it all, it was never about us holding on to Jesus. It's always been about letting go and learning to see that he holds on to us. That is what faith is. Wherever we are, whether we're with John and Mary at the foot of the cross, whether we stumble through the city streets with Peter, or whether we run away and lock the door like the rest of the disciples, whether we're here this afternoon or whether we're at home, it was never about us. Never about our power, never about our strength, never about our will to hold on. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. And he hasn't. He hasn't brothers, fathers. He hasn't brothers and sisters at home, nor will he ever. Though the world around us may toss and it may turn, though the nations may crumble and fall into the sea, though the church buildings around the globe be closed or utterly desecrated or burnt to the ground, even if we never return to normal, even when what we love most in this world is threatened, he remains. For his kingdom is not of this world, but it will be. Think on this with me. If you see it in the text here, we read it. Even that cross, which held him as tightly as anything in this world ever had, even it at last must bow to his command, let me go. And so what will he say to sin which was pressed down upon him? And what words will he speak to Satan who seeks with all his power to destroy him? And what command will he give to death that has ridden him down on that pale horse? And when he says it, what will that mean for us? And I wonder what will become of those who have been brought out. For certainly, the Christian faith isn't only about letting go. For though being let out is a truly wonderful thing, entering in, that's where true joy is found. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.